welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. This week, we're going to be diving into the topic of divisive politics. We framed it last week by dropping the song Take It Like Drack. We're going to get into that discussion today. If you're new to the show, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Two things that I'd like you to keep in mind here. The only form of censorship that we practice is self-censorship. It is not language that we will censor. It is more the concepts that we will discuss. We're going to try to be respectful to people that come from different places. I personally believe that this population issue that we have on this planet, we've never been more populated than, than the world is right now, but I don't know if we've ever been more isolated as individuals that we are right now. And art is one of the things that I think connects us. So here we believe in artists helping artists. We believe in connection. Um, As an artist, I'm just really trying to connect to an audience that connects with me. And I hope you're part of that audience. At the end of the episode, we will always drop a new track, a new song each week. And this week, that song will be framed, which will deal with a lot of the propaganda that we find in our media. So we'll get a little bit further into the divisive politics um, through the lens of propaganda. Um, If that floats your boat, give us a listen. to episode two this is curious g and my man anthony carlton all right buddy divisive politics it's the game right it is the game it's probably more than a game though i think it's a show well, what do they say you know politics is just you know, in the stage is the world's politics or what how does that saying go there's I'm not sure. Something about, you know, the state or the world is a stage. The world is a stage and we're all players. I think that was Shakespeare. Sounds, sounds poetic. It is poetic. That's why Rush used it for some lyrics. (laughs) That that makes sense. Remember that band Rush? Yeah. 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 They had a few things to say. So what are your thoughts on it though? What do you think the reasons are? All right. So here's the thing. Um, When we have our debates, no other people get invited right, to these debates. There's other people running for president, right? But when we get the presidential debates, they don't invite all the candidates. It's like we're being given two choices. Yeah. These are your choices. And I think that when you when you talk about a lot of politicians, and, and I, I kind of hit on this a little bit last week, you take the Republican Party or you take the, the Democrat Party, Right. There's like all these pre-approved mass appeal type ideas, you know, like we know that the Republicans are going to be for, you know, um, you know, freedom of guns. We know that the Democrats are going to be more on the control. You know what I mean? There's certain things that are just part of the platform. But a lot of what I think is part of those platforms and discuss is things that divide us. Right. And I'll use the Afghan Iraq wars and all this and that. Right. So you've got these wars that we've been a part of. Um, and it seemed to be business as usual. Right. As far as our pharmaceuticals in this company, since the start of Afghanistan's war, the um, addiction of opioids in this country has doubled. The deaths have doubled. Four times the people are overdosing now compared to heroin now with this fentanyl stuff, right? And where is most of the opium coming from in the world? It's coming from Afghanistan. That's where it's coming from, right? We show up there, all of a sudden we get twice as bad drug problems, twice as bad, you know what I mean? And I'm pretty sure that the people that became president knew this. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this this is business as usual. Just keep it going. But these are not the topics that divide us, right, as Americans. The things that divide us is things like abortion, guns, da-da-da-da-da. You know what I mean? Um, but, but let's be real. When you're talking about stuff like that, yeah, I can personally have an opinion on abortion and stuff like that. But as far as guiding the country, 
you know, th- this is, yes, it affects people's lives, this and that. But as far as guiding the country, um, I, I don't see how those things are as important as other things. Like, let's let's use labor, which is one of my big topics, is labor. There is nothing in this life that I do more out of my day than work, right? Eight hours a day. Is there anything else I do for eight hours? I don't even sleep for eight yeah, hours. If you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. And I, dude, I, I'm not going to say that, that I dreamed of being a glazer, which is what I am. Right. Mm -hmm. But I genuinely like what I do. And I generally like the people that I, I do it with. My life is far improved because of the work that I do, you know, but here in this country, minimum wage, federal minimum wage, seven, what? Seven twenty five. Seven twenty five an hour. Right. Okay. So if you, if you work two full-time jobs at seven twenty-five an hour, you're still below the poverty line because the poverty line is $16 and 54 cents an hour. You've got to make above that. If you're not making above that, you're in poverty. You're the working poor, right? So people that are making $7 and 25 cents an hour, and there's a lot of those jobs, right? Uh, they would have to work three jobs just to get out of poverty. And then, when are they taking part in being a we the people government? This is one of the things that divides us out of our politics, right? Now, neither Republican, Democrats, they don't come together on this topic, you know? So, I I feel that a lot of the conversational topics that they have are meant to divide. I think this two-party politics system is meant to divide us. And I think it is a show. I think it is a show. It's not really supposed to um, lead to progress. Yeah, you know, what's one thing that I find, you know, funny is the division. Because the way I look at it is there is actually only one party. And that's the Green Party. And I'm not talking about in the environment. Oh, yeah, you're talking about the money thing. The money thing. And when we, you know, we're, we're a company that prides ourselves, and we say this thing like, oh, we're against monopolies. We're a hundred percent against monopolies, but we love oligopolies. You know, when I, when I think about it, I think I, for some reason, the one thing that comes to my mind quickly is, you know, cell phone companies. And I don't know why that comes to mind, but I'm like, you really think that the CEO of AT&T and the CEO of, you know, Verizon aren't good friends. Oh yeah, they're, dude. They're, they're best friends. Look, look at banks. When you have a, a overdraft fee, do you know why they're all basically the same charge? <laughs> because I mean, you get pissed off this like, bank. What are you going to do? You're going to go to another yeah, bank. I was and like, get the because same? they're the same team. Yeah. 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 And that's one thing, you know, the whole division aspect is, you know, they always say the easiest way to control is to have the people at each other's throats, you know, you know, slowly but surely, because then you get the wool pulled over your eyes. You know, it's just easy to do things when you're arguing about, like you were talking about, just certain positions, certain ideas. And when you don't really know what's going on in legislation, it's always like until it's too late for the people. You know, that whole notion of, you know, you take three steps forward and we'll just give one back. Take three steps forward, we'll give one back. You know, that's what I kind of think about about marijuana. You know, it's a hot topic. And a lot of people were, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're really making progress. And it's like, yeah, but you also forgot about the nine steps they took, you know, in front of you. Mm-hmm. I had a friend that goes, you know, every, every year, just think about what you couldn't do that you actually used to be able to do. And he goes, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question. He goes, it's not easy to see because it's classic 1984. You know, we, we had three, wait, did we have three grams? No, we only had two grams last year, you know, of, let's just say, for instance, a chocolate, how it said in the book, you know, and if you hear it enough, you're just like, I must be wrong, mm-hmm. you know, because you just want to be, well, alludes to what we were talking about last week when, you know, you don't want to be an outcast. You know, it's still nice to be part of the group and people like to win. No one likes to lose. So let me try to find a team that's going to win. 
So it's easy to jump on board. And I think we talked about last week when we, you know, w- wasting the vote. You know, you're wasting your vote because you voted for X person that isn't one of the people on the stage that we're talking about. And I go, that's exactly the mindset that they want you to think because you have to pick red or blue, you know, and it's kind of that simple to me sometimes. And, but I do think it always attributes back to money. Everything is money. You know, why we protected those poppy fields, money, Mm. you know, why a company can make $8 billion, but only get a $1 billion fine. So is money is the thing that keeps us divided maybe a little bit? I absolutely think money is the thing that keeps us divided. Mm. It's, I think it's extremely difficult to get to that next level in life. Like we always want to level up, but we won't let you level up enough. See, this country came out of uh, England, right? That had mm. um, a king, right? And for, for how long in history did people believe that the king was actually placed there by the hand of God, right? Like the crown is actually a symbol of God's progress. Same as the wedding ring, mm-hmm. right? This this continuous circle, unbroken promise, this and that, all based on the idea of sanctification. But the the, the, the idea was that God placed the king there. So when you served the king, you were serving God, right? So people were so afraid to go against that. But as as revolutions started to happen across Europe, people started to see religion a little bit different and people were breaking away from, you know, the, the, the Catholic church, right? Let's say that. The Protestant church was in protest, right, against the, the old Catholic church. So here we are coming to this country and we no longer had a king, right? But one of the things that the king did is because you had this fear that God was going to get you if you didn't do what the king said, right? So here in this country, what, what was that? We didn't have a, a, a king to lead us, right? What we had was a new type of control, right? Money. You can be king of your castle if you work hard enough, mm-hmm. right? You can move from the lower class up into the higher classes. You couldn't do that before. If you were born poor, you stayed poor, right? So here's the thing that, that drives people in this country is their own personal success. Yes. Right? Um, when are we going to start to see that supporting each other can bring some success, at least in certain ways. You know, I'm not saying we should all change, share bank accounts, but we, we have to at some point realize that we have a we problem in this country. You know, that the, the problems that we have, yes, they affect me personally, but in, until we start to come together on some things, like a minimum wage, right, things aren't going to change. It's a tough question. It's a very tough question because, you know, it's just ironic to me. And maybe I'm taking this a different way than I, than maybe you envisioned or anything, but you know, the saying we're more, you more similar than we are, or more, more than we're more similar than we are unalike, or, you know, we're not, we're not different. We're more the Dude, same. You really get to dial in your sayings. Yeah, well, you've got like these partial sayings today. Yeah, well, I'm pull, I'm pulling the George Bush. You know, <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm doing today. But the one thing that I've always noticed is that we have more in common than we don't. And right. The funny thing about it is, I've said this to people who are on either side: is yeah, but we talked about the money thing. But we're all poor. You know, we're actually poor. And not in comparison to the world. I mean, if you're poor in America, you're well off in a lot of other places. So don't get me wrong. I understand that. Like we're, I don't want to say blessed, but you could say blessed to be born here. You know, there are some real advantages. There are some disadvantages, but you can say that about any single place, you know, in the world. But, you know, we have, you know, education and it might not be the best education, but there is education. That's a whole nother conversation too. If you really want to say it's just the factory line again, you know, you still work in your eight hours. You're just different periods. You get your lunch break, you know, it's just funny, but we're, we're just poor and we, we just have different outlooks on basically the same thing. You know, we talked about people being 
mostly inherently good in the last podcast. And that's what I truly believe in. We almost don't even want to have those conversations anymore or people. And I say people by politicians or anyone like there's never been an actual sit down and just had like a civil debate. You know, they're gotcha lines, they're clicks, they're quick, quick shots. And that's what everyone gives in their answer. When you have a debate, you know, for instance, and you only have, you have 30 seconds to respond on a complex issue that is generationally deep, you got 30 seconds. So it has to be that line, you know, that's going to catch. And we hopefully get that one tomorrow on CNN and then we're going to replay it over and over. And now that's that person. And, you know, the media has a lot to do with that too, because they're all in bed together. You know, you, if we're really, I really believe it's, you got to sell commercials. That means you have to sell time. That means you have to do particular things to have, you know, keep you glued. So right after this messages, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the funniest line I hear of all time, you know, but just come back. But right after these messages, we'll tell you the truth. All right, let's uh, let's let's do this from another another direction because I think some of the lines from "Take It Like Drac" you just kind of hit on. Um, There's a war on the poor who's dressed in chains, bound to anger like work to stains. They stir us up, then abstain. When fires rage, they walk unscathed. You know that's the show, right? They get us pissed off about abortion. They get us pissed off about guns, about Black Lives Matter, you know, all these different things, right? They get us angry because we have this sensationalism type of politics, right? They stir us up and then they're abstaining, right? Like they seem to be unscathed by the change, you know? Um, I really want progress. You know, you take something like the Black Lives Matter movement. That was a movement. I don't know if it ever led to progress. And I think what it would really take is for the people of our nation to become more than passive observers, right? When I watch the news, I get angry, but I'm a passive observer. What am I doing? What action am I taking? You know, how are we going to get progress unless we begin taking some actions? And, and part, I think part of the, I think the biggest issue comes back to labor, right? We spend so much time trying to take care of our own personal business that we don't have the time to pay attention a lot of times to what's going on, you know, or get involved, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm cynical on this and I just don't think there's anything to do. See, I do. I yeah, do. I don't, I don't, I, I, I just can't come up with an idea in my head that, and I, if the people understood they had power and they could, but for some reason people don't think they have power. If we raise the minimum wage, that would be, Huge. I mean, who's going to do that though? The Democrat, more Democratic, you know, Republic, Democratic Republic. So we vote these people back into office, Pelosi for 25 years. We have people, Lindsey Graham, 25 years. You know, I don't know if that's true, but I mean, we have all these lifetime politicians. They haven't done it yet. Why do they think people, things are going to change? I think one of the ways that the, the minimum wage would change if people were a little bit more educated as far as labor issues. Um, for instance, why do we celebrate Labor Day? I actually don't even know. Most people don't. I'm in a union. I've asked hundreds of people since 2020 that question. Almost everybody cannot answer that question, including union people, including guys in my union. I've said, hey, why do we celebrate Labor Day? I don't know. I don't know. This is a, this is a holiday that we get off every year and nobody knows why. Is there any chances that the reason why we don't know is because we're not meant to, it's not part of the story. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we celebrate labor day because of everything that the labor movement has done for labor, right? If it wasn't for union members, right? Child labor laws that was going on and unions got involved And we brought an end to that. And that was before the Fair Labor and Standards Act of 1938. But that's really what kind of led us to celebrate Labor Day was was this triumphant moment in history. But some of the things that changed before we reached 
that Fair Labor and Standards Act, like ending child labor, right? And them working in factories and kids all of a sudden are going to school, right? Now, if, if that didn't happen, imagine the effect that that would have on America if kids were still going to factories and not getting an education. You know what I mean? That's one of the things that changed, right? Because of the labor industry. But there's been many things. Sick pay is attached to, to the jobs because of unions. Vacation pay, right? L&I, if you're, if you're hurt on the job and things like that. It used to be that if you got hurt on the job, you basically couldn't do the work. Oh, sorry, you can't work anymore. And guess what? Your bills didn't stop. And now you don't have a job, right? So a uh, workplace injury, a lot of times could have devastated somebody's life for the rest of their life. And there was no motivation for the, the companies to have any kind of workplace protections. So any workplace safety that we have, any type of insurance, if you're injured, you can thank union members, right? Paid days off, you can thank union members, right? All this insurance attached to our job, thank a union member. The 40-hour work week, you know, people were working 70, 80, 90 hours a week before, six, seven days a week, right? And there was nothing to say that you got overtime if you pay, you know, worked any hours more than this or that. So people were just working themselves to death, you know? And one of the things that the unions did is they implemented this 40-hour work week, right? Through the Fair Labor and Standards Act. And all of a sudden, now here we are today with the minimum wage, what it is, people are back to what they were doing before. They're working two, three jobs in order to make it. So that 40-hour work accomplishment that we had at one time doesn't mean anything anymore, you know? But this is what this is what Labor Day is. We celebrate the things that unions have done for labor. Okay. You know, um, everybody thinks that we brought the weekend. You know, that's that's what union members will tell you. That actually isn't true. It was actually the Ford company that did that. But he did that as a result of unions winning that forty-hour work week. Is it? Because I, I knew it was Henry Ford. It was Henry Ford. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. I just thought it was in like the 19, early 1900s when that happened for some reason. That's why I, I guess I didn't even think about that to be attributed to any, the time frame just seemed like a 40, 50 year gap to me. Yeah. So I just didn't think about that, but I knew it was, you know, Henry Ford who basically was, you know, we're going to work eight hours a day. But that's why we celebrate Labor Day is because of, of everything that unions have done to change the workplace. And, and really there's so many people that enjoy the sacrifices that that union members have made to get the 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 you know freedoms that we have in the workplace, right? This came on the backs of people in the past. So, it, like in my union, it doesn't matter what color you are, what age you are. If you can do the work, you get the pay. This is equality. If you can do the work, doesn't matter if you're female, if you're a male, how old you are, how young you are. Right. doesn't matter if we like you. If you can do the work, you can get the pay. This is equality in the workplace. Right. Is it that way everywhere? No. Women are vastly underpaid. Right. Like <laughs> this Walmart. Let's use Walmart as an example. They hire 60 percent of women. Why? Because they pay them less. That can be the whole conversation about you know, paternity leave, how much you can actually put into the work. There's a, there's a lot that goes into that. I've been reading a, quite a bit on the pay gap mm. and it's a lot closer than people think. Um, I'm not versed enough to even talk about it completely. And I wish I was, but I'm just starting to read a book about it. And it started from a, a Canadian professor that was always hearing this. And he finally went into it a little bit more and he realized, you know what? It's not as wide as people are saying it is the whole 80 cents on the dollar, all these things like that. It's not, <clears throat> I just wish I knew we were going to go this direction. I would have had more stats on this, but. Dude, we don't have to have stats. I <laughs> nah, mean. I know that, but I mean, there's, you, you, you and I, well, I'm a statistics guy. I'm a finance guy, you know, as you, you know. So for me, the stats are real, you know. And I, they you know, are, they are. But you, know, you, you throw a <clears throat> bunch of facts at people, what happens is their eyes glaze over. Yeah. And that's, but that's the exactly what we're talking about right now though <laughs> is people don't want to hear these facts so we're going to give you the zingers and then that's the team we're going to go on because i felt his passion he's a passionate person you know and i just i i think we do need to know more facts 
And there's some stats. I mean, you know, here's some facts and some stats. You said, what do you do? What do you do to affect the change? This is what I was actually driving at. We spend 12 years in our schools, educating people to be able to be a worker. They get their high school diploma. They enter the workforce. There is no class that teaches people the history of labor. There is no class that teaches the, the workplace protections that are in place for them. Right. We don't know this stuff. Well, or how to do your taxes. Or how do you do your taxes, yeah. Or to understand what a CD is. Yeah. To understand, you know, what particular things that you can actually use that are actually beneficial for you. Maybe not taking $200,000 out when you're 18 years old that you can never pay back. You know, loans. Oh, yeah, man. Or FAFSA. It's great. I got money to go to college. Well, yeah, you're also in debt $200,000 now and you can't pay that back or you can't, you know, file for bankruptcies and have that wiped away like anything else. Oh yeah. People are getting out of college and they're entering into poverty while they're getting out of college. Yeah. Well, you, People are getting out of high school and entering into poverty, getting out of high school. school. Yeah. Right. We, we've been, we've become a nation of slaves because debt, of, of debt. Debt. Debt is the new slavery. It is. Mm -hmm. It is. I a hundred percent agree with that. And it's just, and it's not quite slavery because you're still free to do what you want. That was your decision. Or was it? You didn't give me many choices. Mm. <laughs> you know, so, and you, we talk about this minimum wage. Do you know what the minimum wage would be if it kept consistent with inflation? It'd be a lot higher than $16.54. About $25, $26 an hour, depending on how you want. Well, the last number I looked at was about $25.30 some cents. Mm. That's the minimum wage in this country. What See, I can't be? even imagine that, dude. I, uh, if I was making that much money, my life would be very different than what it is today. You know what I mean? Like, not that I'm highly educated or that I make so much money, but I feel like I, I, I'm, I feel like I'm making a living wage that is just gives me access to a normal life. Yeah. And I make twice as much as that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and I feel like if I want to go on a vacation, I can go on a vacation once a year. You know, if, if I wanted to go to the doctor, I'd do that. But I remember when I was in Florida and I was in that right to work state and my wages were so low, I didn't go to the doctor mm -hmm. at all. At all. I didn't go to the dentist. I didn't go to the doctor. Why? Because I never felt like I could. I never felt like I could afford it. You know, all my money went to take care of my daughter and not myself. Mm -hmm. Right. But there were so many things that I pushed to the side because I wanted to be able to make it financially, you know? That's so wrong. You know, not, not what you did was wrong, but the fact that you had to do that thing in the quote unquote greatest nation on the planet. Are we? Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> One of the best soliloquies of all time is from the newsroom where he goes off and just tells the, the true facts and true stats about where we are in the world. You know, there's more geniuses in China than there are United people in the United States. Well, here's the here's the reason why I bring everything back to labor. In in the mid '50s, unions had reached their height. Right, F the biggest growth that the unions had seen was during the Depression, because it was the only place people could get work and have any kind of faith that they would actually get paid, not get ripped off. Right, so that was the biggest growth spurt was the de the great depression but going up into the 50s we just kept building all the way up into the mid 50s and then we started to decline and probably a lot of the reason for that was about five years after the fair labor and standards act passed um big business decided to approach things differently they used to break up strikes with they'd pay the police off and the cops would show up break some fucking heads mm -hmm. right and then the union guys would fight back or back down or whatever. But they realized that we were winning politically. So that head busting thing wasn't going to work. So there was something called the Mohawk Valley formula. Look it up, right? This was a, a formula of propaganda that would destroy unions from the inside out, right? So we were still building up into the 50s. And the reason why I bring all this up is because in the 50s, we had about 40% of the work population of the United States was a union worker. So you're talking about health care and, and dental and, you know, a, a living wage, all these things. We led the world in life expectancy at that time. We were number one. 
that was a time we were number one, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we started to decline with the unions, so did that life expectancy. Today, we're about 6% in the workforce as far as union workers. And I bet you a lot of those people that are in unions, just like some of the guys I work with um, that don't even know why we celebrate Labor Day, people have gotten out of touch. So that 6%, how many of them are active union members, right? How many of them are helping to move this movement forward? Because this is a labor movement that's had progress, right? And it's been as a result of people working together. But with the decline of unions, we are now 46th in the world for life expectancy. Look at some of the countries that are ahead of us that are living longer than us, right? I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. And I believe it goes back to labor. You know, if you look at right to work states, all the states that are right to work that don't have those workplace protections, higher death rate. Higher rates of divorce, higher rates of arrest, more likely to be a victim of crime, drug addiction, alcoholism, you know, all these things. A lot of things go back to labor. I mean, like you're saying, if, if, if you have a livable wage, a lot of those things you just spoke about won't happen. It's really that easy, you know? It, it, I just, it's just so... I just almost want to say sad, you know, that, that we just forget about things. I mean, I, like I was saying, I've, I don't, I didn't even know about, I mean, I knew Labor Day was there, you know, there's certain things, but I just didn't know the struggle that it was because like you're saying, it's not talked about anymore. You know, when you talk about those unions and how strong they were. And this is why, you know, big business is so insane to me because they always just find another way, you know? And like you're saying right now, they, they're still thinking about, well, you, if you're in a union, you know, the union protects you, but then it's almost, I don't even know if this is true, but it feels like it that, well, I got to keep this kind of a secret. (laughs) You know, I, I can't tell everyone the benefits that I have because then it might be taken away from me, even though that you, it can't be, can't. you, know, you can't yeah. be, but it's like, that's how, it, that's how sometimes it feels, feels like, you know, it's like our secret. We still got it. Don't let anyone else know. And that's just the mindset of what's going on. To me, it's, we, we're, we're instead of telling the truth, we're keeping secrets, mm. you know, secrecy, man. Yeah. It's, it's, a, and we all, this, this alludes to what you were talking about, though, the power of the people. Oh, yeah. If you, I mean, if, if there's, there, when I see other countries, particulars that 500,000, a million people are in the streets, you know, protesting something, it's kind of, I mean, it's cool to see. Ours don't necessarily, I don't know. I just, it feels like every protest that we have in America, nothing, nothing changes. So it, like, you're, I just, that's why I just feel like in my, at least in my lifetime, like these top dog motherfuckers, they did something because it's, it's insane to me that we're consumers. Yeah. We consume news, right? We consume information, but we're not used to doing anything with it. Now, I really believe if we actually taught in school, the history of labor and our rights to protect ourselves, I think that would make a change. We're spending 12 years educating people to a point of being able to work. And let's be honest, that federal minimum wage that we have has to be attached to that goddamn graduation because you're entering into the workforce with no work experience, right? You would think you would start off at that minimum wage. So I'm going to say that that diploma, that's what it's worth. $7.25 $7.25 an hour, right? If you got that with no work experience, you enter into the workforce, you're making them a minimum wage. But we're turning out an entire nation of kids into poverty. And they never get out. They never get out. A lot of them. <laughs> I mean, everything you're saying is great on the surface, but it just shows, I mean, it goes into 
who who helps fund the education system, who is going to be the head of the Department of Education, who is going to be, and it's everyone that has to do with big business. Big business doesn't want you to know. Until you can become richer than that, that's the precedent. And it's impossible to, because I, and I'm more, and I just, I am, I'm such a positive and optimistic person when it comes to my personal life. But when it comes to certain things like education, they wouldn't dare teach about labor. Mm. It's because if you don't teach it, people don't know. And if you don't know, you don't think about even trying to change it. This is normal. This is what's supposed to happen. But if I do work hard enough, the American dream, baby, everything can be mine. They call it a dream for a reason because you need to be asleep asleep. to believe it, right? Rest in peace, George. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) no doubt. But it's, that's, and I'm just, I don't, I wish there was things that could be done, but the powers that are be, and like we say, lifelong politicians, like we spoke about earlier, if they wanted it changed, it could have happened by now. And it's, and it's not like it's getting better. It's getting worse. You know why I believe that change would have a lead to progress, right? If we educated people, right? About labor and stuff like that for a couple of reasons, Right. Um, number one, when we started educating kids about smoking, told them the truth, guess what? Less kids started smoking, right? Um, you're honest with people and a lot of times they'll take that information and they'll run with it. Right. But, but, but the bigger thing, the reason why I think that it, it would, it would actually work. Um, companies right now, like McDonald's and Target and Walmart and all these companies, there's a bunch of companies spend a combined $350 million a year to combat unions and the propaganda, you know, with propaganda, right? So there is a plan in place to limit the power of unions and to limit our growth. They wouldn't be spending that money unless it was paying off, right? Now, I don't know if my union spends any money in propaganda, right? Like our, our message is lost, lost. And I hate to say that, but we have a nation of people that don't know why we celebrate Labor Day, including union workers. So how could it not be lost? We don't even know our own identity anymore, you know? And that all goes back to like I, like I said, that Mohawk Valley formula, which is propaganda. Now you've got a you've got a hundred lies, right? Those hundred lies can drop like a rock if one truth comes out. Right? One truth can destroy a hundred lies. I believe that. I don't know if you believe that. You may have to do it once, but then they're gonna be a hundred more. Maybe a hundred more and a hundred more, because everything is a lie. You know, I mean, I just, I, I just believe in the power of propaganda. Mm. It works. It's worked since the beginning of time. And if it's, if this, this is the one area that I got to give politicians a lot of props. They're very good at adjusting quickly and mobilizing together but it's because they have the means and the resources to do that. If you are struggling to put food on the table, you don't have time to think about certain other things. Mm -hmm. My kid needs a new pair of basketball shoes. I got to work an extra six hours. You know, not even thinking about the taxes that are going to go on top of that of, you know, I'm a, I'm an anti overtime person unless you're getting double the pay, triple the pay because that's your, then you're, the more money you make, the higher your taxes are going to be. And then, you know, you hear people, I worked 50 hours, but I only made $100 more. Mm. And it's just the way that the tax system works. So, you know, when you get to create the tax system any which way you want and do and have the people in progress where the people can't actually have a say in it, you know, it's they, they think they have a say in it because they're voting, but it's, it's still an individual that's representing you know, a state a county, a nation, you know, and it's, they just, they have the formula packed. What's happening though, is they're running out of money and eventually what's happening, it's going to fall apart. 
you know, and that's when the revolt will happen. And it's almost like another mm. cyclical idea of it. I don't think there will be a revolt. We're pacified with okay. dildos and cell phones. You give <laughs> us a bunch of goddamn toys. We'll play with them for hours. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was the same thing. You know, the, the circus is in town, you know, idea or even the Coliseum. Exactly what it was. Keep the people entertained and they won't revolt. Mm. You know, how about them cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what changed things in the past uh, was actually um, the period of renaissance, right? The period of rebirth, spiritual rebirth. That came through art. That came through music. That came through literature, right? Because art affects people at a deep level. Yes. Right? So I'm an artist, you're an artist. For me, when I when I go to that blank page, what I'm actually confronting is myself. You know, and if I don't if I'm not honest with myself on that page, what the fuck am I doing? Right? That's where I really have to confront my truth. And that truth can have an effect on people. Right? Absolutely. You take Beethoven. Be Beethoven was the first person that said that music could be immortal. Before that, music was seen as disposable. People created music, but a lot of, most of the music that was created before that has been lost. The stuff that was written down was the religious music or uh, things that like motivated the troops to go out and fight, right? Other than that, most music was written and then forgotten about. A musician was seen as somebody that was like a like a craftsman that builds chairs or fucking some shit, right? They weren't seen as um, what what Beethoven says is music was immortal. It has the ability to touch lives for generations, right? Um, and at that point, art was really affecting people in a big way. They had Renaissance, which is rebirth of the spirit, right? And I think today we've got a lot of what it seems to be art that's around us, right? But a lot of the messaging within that is meant to keep us right the fuck where we are. Um, I don't know if there is a lot of art today that's really getting people to really connect to deeper truths or think about things. It could just be the period, like you're saying. I mean, we just ha might, it might just be that we're, we happen to be born in that period. So it doesn't, you know... We are that period, maybe the, the start of something that could happen with, you know, new generation, especially with the internet, being able to read a lot more to see what's actually going on in the world. You know, mm. when we attention spans lessening or growing? I think it's lessening, but I think the ability to find the information is easier. Um, mm. But is the information accurate? That's <laughs> well, that's, I mean, I mean, I... I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? You know, I really, who knows? Um, the one thing that is very interesting is, you know, the whole, the whole idea of, you, you've heard about like the TikTok stuff, right? Do you mm. know much about TikTok? Yeah, I think I've caught a, okay, a little so, bit of this. So do you know about that? You know how it's a Chinese, it's a Chinese app. Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you know how TikTok in America is compared to Chinese TikTok? I have no idea. Okay, so this is what's interesting. Chinese TikTok is educational. It, so you have this. So for instance, you'll have educational, accomplishments, nationalism, pride, stupid video. Educational, pride, nationalism, art, taekwondo, stupid video. America, on the other hand, is booty shaking, pranks on parents, um, stupid questions by this guy, watching people act dumb, maybe one educational video. Because they're safe topics. It's not even just, <laughs> the, it's, you're not wrong, but it's just, it's what you're saying right now. It's like um, consumerism, like you're saying. And it depends how you want to look at it. Some people say it's just the best way for, you know, to change. Because if you look at progress in the world, I mean, China seems to be having progress. It might, I mean, politics or not, you know, the U.S. dollar is still 60% of the Chinese dollar. They buy the bonds. That's what's keeping us afloat. Mm. <laughs> you know, so it is, it is there. But 
we don't, we don't, it's almost like we don't preach art anymore. When you hear classes, like music classes are getting cut, photography is getting cut, you know, but the one that home ec is getting cut. Comes back to value. Value. What do we value? Exactly. And we, you know, the traditions that held America strong during those times are not traditions anymore. You know, individualism. We don't really think about the unit, labor, unity. Mm -hmm. It's all about the individual. How can I get mine? You know, I need to get mine. And there is a, a truth, a power in numbers. And it's just so hard though, when you have, like, it comes back to me saying, when you're thinking about the next meal, you know, you just, I had a, a girlfriend one time that spoke about meditation and she goes, I just don't understand why everyone in the world doesn't meditate. And I looked at her, I go, well, cause people are hungry. <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't want to fucking think too much about some shit if you're hungry, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. Or they're thirsty. Yeah. You know, and, and as, especially now, you know, $20 when we were kids, you know, younger, bought a lot of groceries, $20 now buys you some loaf of bread and milk and maybe some butter. Mm. I spend $20 just walking outside. I oh, can't even you, walk, dude, I can't even walk outside without spending $20. No, I, someone, I've heard that before. Like you're, once you leave your house, you're spending money. Uh-huh. The only way you don't spend money is staying inside. Oh. And even then you're spending money on the lights. I could spend money here at the house. I could not go anywhere and spend money. <laughs> Amazon. I mean, <laughs> Well, I could get every, I, there's anything that I want in my life. I could get here to the house without yeah. even leaving. Leaving. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, it's, but. But yeah, it's just, it's a very, and that's what one thing, you know, a lot of simple answers are true to way that things can change, but the problems are so complex because the individuals involved all want to be right. I don't know if the problems are that complex. I really don't. Well, the answer to the problems are, but I think what has happened within legislation has made it complex. I mean, if you could just say, like, I, I don't know if this is even true, but if you're just like, we're just going to stop doing that completely. But then what are the, cause every time you have a, a new bill, 50 other thousand things that don't even have anything to do with the bill are involved in the bill. So there's so many things that are involved. It's just like a grapevine of bullshit. And it's not even, it was like, that was supposed to be about roads. The hell does that have to do with telecommunications? You know, about we're going to pass this tax on something that had to do with the, and just like they, they was, it's probably a bad example because you need those for power poles and everything, but you know, just two opposites that happen to be in the same bill that actually have nothing to do with them. So our bills are layers upon layers upon layers upon layers, and they're all interconnected. So it's, I think it is complex. Mm. There isn't any simple answers. The, the, on surface level, it's absolutely easy. Like you were saying, teach people more. Give more money to the people. Do we really need to spend this money on the military when everyone behind us are allies? Well, what you I know? mean by by it's there's some things that's simple, right? Like um, that that class in school teaching people about the work because we spend more time, like I said, doing labor than anything else in our lives, in my opinion. Right? No, I don't know if there's anything else that affects these, our lives so besides, much. Besides, they say like besides quote unquote sleeping, it's working. Yeah, it's like. It would, one of those two things, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there isn't a lot of conversation, I mean, in the debates on that. Um, in fact, I would say that what comes up in the presidential debates, not only do you only have these two choices and you can't hear the opinions from other people and all that shit, um, but well, let's take the last debates that we had, right? We, we were in two wars at the time, Afghanistan and Iraq. We had four debates, those two wars were never talked about and nobody thought to fucking ask. Now, if you don't think that that our mindset has been framed by the show of politics, right? How could we possibly have not asked what the fuck is going on with these wars? I mean, we didn't even ask and they sure didn't fucking talk about it. Yeah, because the people that want who gave the questions owned the companies. Well, I think there's I think there's more than that because there was there was people that stood up and I maybe they're completely in control of this shit. But you would think that somebody at some point might have said, Hey, you know what I mean? We don't want to hear talk about that. Mm. What we do. I think we the, do. The people at power though, 
And it just gives you a little talking point for a week. And let's, let's something happen though. Like let's just focus on the Johnny Depp trial for a month. <laughs> you know, it's just the propaganda that's in our face and it's just, it constantly happens. So when anytime there's something that makes progress, it's something happens in the world. It's just kind of ironic, mm. you know, and we're, we're going to talk about this now. And I can go into conspiracies all day about that stuff, you know. Well, but. we got to start winding this thing down here in a minute. But, um, you know, I, I do think that some of those tweaks could be like that labor thing being taught, but also an option for kids getting out of high school besides just going into the military, sure. right? Like my union labor, my, my labor union, we have our own classrooms and we have our own teachers. Mm -hmm. Kids right now, they go to ROTC. They're taught by people that are from the military, right? They yeah. have a classroom setting there at the school, right? When I was a kid, I was in police explorers. I used to go down to the local police station and was taught by the cops at the cop shop, right? Mm -hmm. Why are we not having high school kids come to our unions and sitting in a class the same as they do for ROTC and, and being a cop, right? This should be an option. It's not even presented as an option, why? Because you've got two choices, <laughs> Democrat or Republican. You know, the, the, the choices are guiding us to a destination. Yeah. Now, here's the other little tweak, right? As far as our education system, because I believe that you can't have liberty unless you have some education. You can't have a weed the people government unless you've been educated, right? But here's the thing. I think the only thing that our government should touch as far as our education is here's the bill. You don't have any say-so when it comes to our curriculum. No, thank you. Hands off, right? Here's the bill. <laughs> this is how much it's going to cost, though. You can take that tax money and, and put it right into, the, into there, right? But we really don't want you to have any say-so on our curriculum. This is what I think. Because right now, we're being educated by the same people we're voting for. And I kind of think they might have some invested interest to keep us where we are. Absolutely. Well, I think <laughs> I think we're beating this drum to death, and yeah. we, we really got to wind down here. And um, we will be getting back on to uh, another topic next week. It will be um, propaganda. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. We have a song coming up coming up called "Framed." that is all about propaganda and we're going to dive into that next time so this is curious g and this is my man anthony carlton <laughs> any parting thoughts well if you are if you need a job go into trades that is one thing i'll leave you with right now we need more electricians we need more plumbers and we need more people doing construction around the nation dude your parting thoughts way better than mine you know, I was just going to say, if you if you show up to the gangbang, you might want to ask where the girl is. <laughs> well, <laughs> potato, potato, brother. Potato, potato. Oh, I don't know. Gangbangs, that'll come up on some topic. <laughs> <laughs> Much love, y'all. <laughs> Much love, y'all. <laughs> Sorry, I just got to come out of left field sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, when things just get to be too much, I need to break the conversation in my head with a little bit of insanity. Hey. And, uh, all right. We will be with you guys again next week. This is truth to power. We out. Question. Does America pick presidents like we're at a dive bar and it's last call? You got two fucked up choices. If you're going to get laid tonight. You gotta choose between that ugly one with the shit on her lips or the sketchy girl that makes a drug reference every 10 minutes. Truth is, when it's time for an American to vote, I wonder sometimes, can we just spend some time apart for a hot minute? I feel like we're all a bit sensitive at the moment. I'm not even sure we have enough self-esteem to be seeing anyone, to be honest with you. Now, I'm just thinking, holy flying fuck knuckles. We've been in one bad relationship after another. It's like we move a president in. At first, they start making all these promises. It seems like we could chill with a president for a minute. Then boom, crazy, right out of the box. Happens like this. You're out shopping. You leave your president waiting in the car. 
You say, look, man, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go pick out a couple things. You, you just chill. Then you walk into the store happy, leaving your president in, in the car. And he's watching. You almost bump into that cute co-ed wearing her mama's Hillary t-shirt. You smile. You open the door for her. She says, mercy boo for some reason, and you go the fuck in. Meanwhile, your president is a-watching. And his head is like holding a bag of raccoons on a roller coaster. You get back into the car. You shut the door. The first thing you hear, what the fuck were you doing holding the door open for that bitch? Now, you have no clue what your president's even talking about. You try to fact check what he's saying on Google. Your president (laughs) smacks your phone right out of your hand. Breaks your phone to shit. Now you can't even call for help. You're stuck like Chuck. Now you got to drive with this motherfucker mean mugging you from the passenger seat. Then your president breaks the silence with nonsensical screaming, completely unhinged. People in traffic from other countries can hear the crazy shit your president is unloading on you. You try to tune him out. Then, blap, he punches you in the eye. Back home, you look at your president with your eye all swole, and you realize, huh, you got to go back inside with this motherfucker for four more years. Maybe it's them. Maybe it's us, man. Maybe we just keep attracting the wrong kind of president. I think before we vote again, maybe we should, we the people, go to a few domestic violence meetings, get our heads right. (laughs) Maybe we don't need to be with the president right now. We might come to terms with the idea that we're doing fairly well on our own. Anyway, two choices. That's all we get. Burger King, McDonald's. You want the green apple splatters? the McShits. What you want. So tell people that, that are listening where we are today in our art and how you feel about what we've done and where we're going. I feel like we might be onto something. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't always clear in the beginning because, you know, like, I was like, oh man, I I'd never really worked with an artist like you or whatever that you know is the introspective, the atmosphere, the poetic. Most of the people I've worked with um, are talented, yes, but do more standard rap fare, if that makes sense. You know, standard rap topics, standard this and that or whatever, trap beats. Uh, you know, auto tune. It, 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 it was cool to work with someone that was kind of. Um, I don't know, different. Like I, I, I'm always, it's always about the music for me and it's cool to work with, um, creative people and you're definitely a creative person and I like where it's going. Um, and I think it's hard to say where we stand today because we don't know where we're going tomorrow. Right. You know, like I, if you're going to ask me like right now compared to uh, this time last year, Oh shit, dude, we're in a different stratosphere, Sean, you know that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, yeah, no, I'm happy about it. How how do you, I mean how do you feel about where we stand musically? You know, I feel great about it. I just want people to hear it and I got to figure out how to make that shit happen. Um hey, cuz I feel this podcast is one of the things. This this is a good platform for it, but dude, send them the links, man. You Headspace is out um right now actually on all platforms. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is live, dude. Yeah, it is live right now. That album is produced, mixed, arranged, written, um, um, recorded at mostly at Undercast and some at Jeff's, but by me and Sean, you know, like the whole fucking thing. And I think that well, that was a fantastic first album. I think the songs was, that were on it, it were, were great songs. But to be honest no. with you, when that second album comes in, it comes in. Dude. They're, they're not ready because I literally, because we arranged it um, a couple weeks ago, uh, did the transitions. Holy shit, man. Um, <laughs> it comes in like a motherfucker. <laughs> it, it comes in like a motherfucker. It Love does. Love that plug, too. It does. Yep. Oh, man. 
Um, yeah, that, that second fucking album. See, the first album is sequenced in a way that I like how you how you put it together. Um, it starts off, you know, with a bang, then it kind of, you get your stuff, and then it goes boom. The fucking second album just, like, starts off and just doesn't let up at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> at any point. It's just fucking just beating you over the head in your headphones. I'm like, holy shit, we weren't fucking around on this. And that's the way it has to be, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I like building. <laughs> Built for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, man. You know, yeah, man. I, I feel that this project, The Prophet, like that's a special place in history because this is the 100-year anniversary of the original book, The Prophet, written by Cleo Gibran in 1922 is when he published and okay. because we're okay. doing this project after that same style where it's a poet that's taking on social issues and topics that relate to everyone, you know, mm -hmm. and he's just giving his two cents on all of it, you know, hmm. um, like Drac says, you know, I put my, my two cents in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. But this is, you know, hundred years later, it's uh, the prophet 2022, you know, so it's to me, it's a special thing to to honor a, a book like that. You know what I mean? That that meant something to me, and, and to that's a lot awesome. of people. To be honest with you, I hope to mean that's something awesome. to people with uh, what we're doing. I'm gonna have to check that one out. You have to send me a copy. The Prophet, yeah, dude, Khalil Gibran. That's the man. It, it's a fascinating story. He's like he's like this hermit that lives up in you know away from people. And mm -hmm. he's dying. He's getting ready to die. And the whole town comes to him and they want him to tell of his wisdom. Hmm. And he's basically, what do you want to know? You know, so somebody yells out, you know, tell us of love. And then, you know, somebody says, tell us of marriage and children and death. And, uh, and then he goes into like uh, war and crime and punishment and all these topics, you know. And that's, that's basically the concept for this three album set, The Prophet is we're taking on things that relate to all of us that's going on right now today. See, guys, this is what I'm talking about. Sean is so detail-oriented. He had this shit planned out probably before he even wrote the first song. Am I wrong? Well, yeah, I didn't have it all like that now. But when I started to put, <laughs> <laughs> when I started to put these songs together, I started to realize what I was fucking with. Like, yeah. hey, whoa, 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 we're on to something here. Well, you know, I kind of I kind of knew that I was going after the same flavor that Khalil had, you know, talking mm -hmm. about these topics, but I didn't really bring it mm -hmm. into focus and get serious about the shit until I realized that it was coming up on the 100 years, you know? So, like, when we started writing these songs, it was, uh, you know, a few months before the 100 year, you know what I mean? So... That was really when I was like, you know, what would be cool is if we did this, you know, which is kind of what I'm thinking right now about albums four and five. So now is it a hundred years to 2022? So this was 1922? Yeah, 1922. His book, The Prophet, wow. was written. Khalil Gibran. Wow. Wow. And that's what I'm saying. The Prophet, this triple album set, it's, it's based off of that kind of work, you know, but it's just in hip hop form instead of prose poetry. Got it. No, that's really, really cool, man. Because, you know, dude, to be honest with you, I got some shit to say, but if I was just reading this shit off of the piece of paper, nobody would give a fuck. If it wasn't for your music, like, that's the altar. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that, that's the altar. You know, and I sacrifice my silence, dude, just like I say on the third album. Oh, that's you know? awesome, Sean. If, if it wasn't for your music, I'd just be fucking reading some words off a piece of paper, and nobody would give a fuck. <laughs> Drop them chains, big talk, naming 
Stereotypes, typecast your kid, fuck them, race. 